0: and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash slash film.
1: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture, and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, April 13th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on this podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer, Ben Pearson.
0: Hey, what's going on?
1: And writers, Huatran Bui.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks it is chris's birthday so happy birthday chris thank you
2: happy birthday yay
1: <laughs> so, so, so your birthday is on the 13th which means that some, sometimes
3: it's on friday the 13th that's right and when i was growing up 13 was my lucky number because it was my birthday and everyone was like but that's bad luck and i didn't care <laughs> uh there's no 13th floor
1: in any hotel you want to stay at uh yeah <laughs> do, do do you celebrate like when it's
3: on a Friday? is that more special to you? I mean it's always better when it's on a weekend, but uh yeah, okay <laughs> let's jump into the
1: news uh let's talk about a story that just broke uh we we had some release date changes a couple weeks back. some people pushing out of summer uh we mentioned at the time that Pixar's soul was still in there, and I theorized that maybe Disney thinks that this whole thing is going to die down before the end of June. It seems like that's not the case. Summer is officially canceled. Ben, tell us about it.
0: Yeah. So uh, Pixar soul, which is the second original movie that they were going to be releasing this year um, was originally supposed to hit theaters on June 19th, but now it has been officially moved to November 20th of this year, 2020. So like Thanksgiving ish of this year, uh, That. Um, November 20th slot originally belonged to a movie called Raya and the Last Dragon from Walt Disney Animation, and that movie has now been bumped to March 12th of next year, 2021. Um, That slot, the March 12th slot, was originally (laughs) held by an untitled live-action Disney movie, and that film has been removed from the release schedule entirely. So we we aren't entirely sure what that is. I think it might have been Peter Pan, which I think was going to be directed by David Lowry. Um, but I, I suspect if, you know, everything was working in, you know, in an alternate timeline right now, we would probably be hearing about casting and things like that for whatever that project would have been. But obviously everything has been sort of thrown into chaos right now. Um, so it sounds like that project is a, uh, has been taken off the the release schedule entirely. It's unclear whether it's going to be reworked and you know moved onto Disney Plus or any any number of things could happen. But that's where we are right now.
1: So, is there any movies on the schedule right now for the summer? Is, uh, it, Mulan, is like
3: They didn't move. They moved Mulan to July, right? And then they haven't moved it off. I think that's correct. Um, yeah, July twenty fourth, I believe, is the the current date for Mulan yeah so that's
0: technically summer
3: yeah so wait is uh is Christopher Nolan's film still the summer yeah that that hasn't moved either yeah but again I'm I am 99.9% sure all of these things are moving but as of now Tenet and Mulan Mulan. I mean Wonder Woman is August right so that's kind that's summer or did that get moved to November some got moved to August Black Widow i can't keep track
2: wonder when we got it's august
3: right so yeah that's summer too in theory so there you have it so three movies so theoretically
1: july 17th could be the return to the movie with tenant and then next week could be mulan sure. theoretically sure peter that'll happen <laughs> chris don't ruin my summer my, i didn't want summer I'm to no, be no, believe
3: me i'm uh and this isn't me saying, ignore the quarantine, let's not go out. I would love for this to be over by summer, but I have a, I have a really bad feeling this is going to last till, like, I feel like September is when, hmm. it's like a, a conservative guess. September is when things might start getting back to normal, but I, I really don't know.
1: Okay, let's talk about Disney as a whole. Recently, Bob Iger stepped down. And he be- he took the chairman role, uh, and CEO was replaced by Bob Chapek. How is that whole thing holding up in the time of the coronavirus, HT?
2: Well, according to a report from New York Times, uh, Bob Iger is reasserting control at Disney uh, to steer the company through the coronavirus crisis. Uh, We all know that Iger announced his sudden exit as Disney CEO at the end of February, uh, with Chapek immediately succeeding him. And um, and in mid-March, there was a sort of informal ceremony at this uh, annual shareholder gathering in North Carolina, where Iger was going to basically hand over the the reins to chapek but immediately after that um was that was basically the week when the coronavirus pandemic uh really um blew up in the us and um that same week um a day after Iger and chapek uh closed walt disney world and they effectively started to shut down things at Disney, which, you know, have seen a lot of changes. Uh, there have been the closures in theme parks, the delays of major releases like we were just talking about, sharing of productions and the furlough of thousands of workers. So um, it's not clear based on this New York Times report exactly how much control Iger uh, still has, but he apparently is working hand-in-hand with Chapek to manage the various crises and um, is essentially, he's doing more of a PR um, stuff he's been holding, uh, granting interviews uh, for the past to talk about the future of Disney, whereas Chapek has not conduct has not granted an interview since the pandemic began.
1: Yeah, that doesn't that sound like good news for Chapek. Like, is he just too green that they don't want him speaking out to the public, or I don't know? It, I I guess it's a tough situation to to put a new CEO in, but it's just funny. Bob Iger keeps on trying to quit. He keeps on trying to leave Disney, and they, they just keep on pulling him back in.
2: Pull him back in.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting in that article, that New York Times article, uh, there's a quote in there that says, uh, Mr. Iger also sees this as a moment he has told associates to look across the business and permanently change how it operates. He's told them that he anticipates ending expensive old-school television practices such as advertising up fronts and producing pilots for programs that may never air. Disney is also likely to reopen with less office space. Now, it, it has that, and then Iger basically says that he doesn't remember saying that. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. We'll see. It, it's going to be interesting to see you know, how this company, how this world as a whole, <laughs> recovers from this pandemic. Uh, but I, I think everything, everything we see is not going to be exactly the same as it was before before this pandemic so uh okay uh let's move on to d- disney theatrical we know that they did put some films well not d- direct to disney plus but they they kind of pushed onward onto vod and into disney plus chris is th- can that happen with more big tentpole films
3: no um d- one movie disney is pushing right to, to Disney Plus and not even giving it a chance in theaters is Artemis Fowl, which I don't think anyone is particularly upset about. Um, but uh, Bob Iger, during, that, during an interview, w- talked about this very topic, and he said that while there could be smaller titles he didn't elaborate on what they could be and pretty much everything Disney releases feels like a big release but um he did say that smaller releases could go to Disney plus but big tentpole films you know like black widow and wonder woman and uh, everything else not wonder woman um <laughs> I was going to say it's wrong studio. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different studio uh, but yeah like black widow and anything disney that's like a big blockbuster yeah is not going to go onto Disney Plus, at least if you know if Bob Iger has anything to say about it. Uh, you know, like Mulan, that's not going to go to Disney Plus. Uh, so I don't really, again, I don't really know what the hell Disney considers not. What, a big what are you talking about, Chris? Mulan is coming out in July. I'm going to see it in July. <laughs> that's right. But I, I, I'm saying like I can't. I, I, when I was writing this, I was trying to figure out what Disney would consider not to be a tentball film anymore. The only thing I can think of is like their fox titles like they have something called like the one and only ivan which is like a live action cg hybrid that has sam rockwell in it like maybe that they'll put on on disney plus but beyond that everything else feels what about new mutants i feel like that's small enough right i guess i don't i don't know what they consider small at this point maybe new mutants but i don't know it's it's a very weird thing like i would have honestly i would have considered artemis Fowl to be "Quote unquote yeah. big," but they're pushing that, so uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I think the only thing we can say definitively is that big big movies like uh, you know Mulan and Black Widow are not going to go right to Disney Plus.
1: Yeah, well, the biggest movie to ever go direct to digital probably is Trolls World Tour. Universal decided to put that out of theaters. I I, I guess it played in some theaters, but it went uh, direct to VOD. Ben, how did it do?
0: Did it play in some theaters? No, I don't even know if no, that's no, no. true. I, I think it just oh, went it, straight it, to VOD. Because
3: oh, really? It, it
1: didn't play like any like drive-ins well, or anything?
3: Well, the, the ad copy said on digital and in theaters on the same day, but no theaters are open. So yeah, I guess drive-ins, maybe. Yeah, but I'm not sure if drive-ins count like
0: to the same uh in the same way that like <laughs> traditional theater revenues are are counted. I'm not sure how all of that yeah. works, Peter. We're getting into like the true nitty-gritty of box office analysis here, but but yes, your point still stands that Troll's world tour is somehow uh the biggest opening and opening weekend release ever for a film released digitally and of course the reason for that is because everybody's inside and parents are probably going insane and they need new content to give to their kids who are all you know trapped in quarantine but uh yeah evidently uh trolls world tour is is such a huge hit and we don't have the actual numbers here universal is supposed to be releasing the specific statistics uh, in the coming weeks they say but um it's the highest grossing vod title ever in terms of revenue and that evidently does not apply just to universal movies but across any studio so we're talking like avengers endgame all of that stuff like this This blows it out of the water, apparently. Um, And the the numbers on this movie, uh, the Trolls sequel, were approximately 10 times higher than Universal's next biggest opening day Hmm. for a a digital release, which I think was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So um, that's really, really impressive. I mean, it's sort of tough to compare because this movie was available to rent for 1999 and most movies do not cost that much you know right out the gate when they go on vod um so you know there's a little bit of apples and origins oranges going on here but uh yeah i mean the movie has performed remarkably well so far on digital
1: hmm do you think what do you think that this means for the future of theatrical movies like if this is a success like, why wouldn't Universal just bypass the whole theatrical
0: experience? And Well, I think it's a little bit of what Chris was talking about yeah. um, or, or sort of alluding to. Like, the, the budgets for a lot of these movies uh, make that really just, like, not a reasonable financial option for a lot of these films. And, and you know, other studios have been moving tons of things around and seem to uh, still value the theatrical experience or at least recognize that the most money they can make is in theaters instead of just dropping this stuff on VOD even for high rental prices so uh, I, I don't know I, I'm wondering how like the National Association of Theater Owners is looking at these numbers because I think uh, Chris was talking about this on a recent episode of this podcast where they were like exhibitors will not forget this that, that Universal decided to put <laughs> trolls directly onto uh VOD instead of you know doing a, a th- theatrical rollout like the rest of these studios because this is the first big major studio movie that is, has been released this way and for these numbers to be so big and and uh or we assume according to universal anyway um and for the you know this this film to have such success on streaming i wonder if they are like shaking in their boots a little bit right now and and wondering about you know this isn't going to be the new normal necessarily but when the virus recedes and when you know are our parents going to be willing to pay, you know, four or five times more than what they're paying right now for that Trolls World Tour rental to take their kids out of the house to go see a movie in a theater again? Or are these patterns being formed right now that will sort of uh, create a a division of a new normal, you know, as the industry sort of comes back online, hopefully. So I don't know, unanswered questions right now.
1: Yeah. Like, I even wondered, though, in even the context of this pandemic, like you're talking about, like, the future after, you know, the dust settles and uh, we we get back to our our normal lives. But, like, I, I feel like if I'm every other studio and I'm looking at how much money Universal is making with this release going direct to VOD, like, you know, Disney's losing, what, like $30 million a day from the theme parks? And, you know, all these companies are losing so much money. It just seems like it would be an easy way to, to make some of this money back by, you know, harnessing this the situation that everybody is stuck in their homes and is looking for content to watch. I, I feel like one of the other studios is going to have to make a big play for this. In, in the meantime, but I
0: wouldn't be surprised if there is something sort of like Chris was talking about like that uh, one and only Ivan, like a, a sort of a mid tier movie. I would not be surprised to see more things like that go straight to VOD. Like, obviously, I, I, indie movies, you know, that seems like the only way they're oh, going to yeah. be able to to make things happen. But I, I think more mid tier stuff that might happen.
3: I think the uh, the secret here is that this is a kid's movie and people who are trapped in their houses with their awful children you need because <laughs> need, like uh, an adult watching a movie with their kids isn't likely to like pirate that they're gonna be like whatever i'm just gonna rent this for my shitty kids so they can right. shut up and like if this were like a movie geared towards adults i feel like that is more likely to be pirated whereas something that's you know for the whole family seems you, you more don't think to- that adults pirate movies for their kids I don't know. I don't know why even people would have a child at this point. Stop (laughs) having kids. Just stop.
2: I think you're wrong, Chris. I
0: I think that's like a, you know, I don't want to paint anybody with a a super broad brush, but I think it's probably fair to say that, like, you know, uh, a busy family uh, of, you know, uh, a soccer mom or something is not going to take the time to, like, learn how to go on BitTorrent and figure stuff out versus, like, you know, teenagers who could be the the intended audience for a specific type of movie you know i I think you're making a, a strong point there i don't know i feel like
1: soccer dad Probably still pirates the movies, but who oh, knows?
3: Have you met dads? They're all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Speaking we've had of some of the gra- rush
1: Yeah, I think we've had some of the best Chris lines in the in this
2: podcast.
3: <laughs> it's his birthday. You can say whatever he wants yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, down with parents and also children. That's my that's my stance.
2: That's the official stance of the Slash Film Daily Podcast. <laughs> yeah.
3: No children or parents. Thank you. Okay, let's talk about
1: Quibi. Last week, we talked about how they had like 300,000 downloads on the first day, which seemed like a kind of a disappointment. This week, uh, they are basically trying to be like, no, 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 we, we got a lot of downloads in the first week. Uh, Chris, tell us about that.
3: Right, so now they're they're upping the number a bit, and uh, but more importantly than that, they're saying they're going to be um, pushing for TV casting sooner than expected um they claim they always intended to have quibi available on tv but it was not planned to happen this soon but uh as as everyone knows right now quibi is kind of useless in the sense that it was sort of designed to be you know the on the go streaming service you can watch it on your phone while you commute to work or while you have a, a lunch break or whatever like that and we're all stuck at home right now no one is really commuting to work so people don't really have a need for on the go streaming and uh, I, Quibi's ha- obviously has caught on to this. And so now they're pushing to have um, the technology there to be able to, you know, Chromecast or Apple TV or w- w- whatever you, you particularly use to cast your streaming service onto your TV. I'm I'm guessing there'll be like a Roku channel too, something like that. So uh, there's not a date in place yet. All we know is that it's just ha- happening sooner than originally planned.
1: Okay. I mean, it seems stupid that they did not have it available on television sets on day one. Like, th- this is a service that's aimed towards, you know, young youngsters and new generation. They want to have content available on every one of their devices. They want to be able to do what they uh, are, are able to – like, I mean, actually, everybody. I'm not, I'm not even going to say the new generation is that. Like, I feel like I want content to be available on every device and be be able to do it, do with it what I, how I, to consume it the way I like to consume content, and it it just seems so short sighted that they launched this this product without having, TV. Like I actually sub- subscribed subscribe to the ninety day free trial because I was interested, and the fact that I can't airplay the the these videos to like my Apple TV is just insane like i have not watched more than an episode of quibi because i don't want to watch it on my phone while i'm at home like and i have a big tv in front of me but uh (laughs) ht will the ability to watch quibi on your tv get you any more interested in this new streaming service
2: no no. I have no interest in Quibi whatsoever, and uh, the more I hear of it, the less interest I have. Uh, despite this more convenient um, potential rollout, I just, uh, I just <laughs> not interested in any of the content.
1: You don't want to watch punks
2: with uh, all the people that I even I haven't heard of. As the youngest millennial on this <laughs> show, I don't know who the people are.
1: Okay, let's talk about some news that broke Friday because Hollywood Reporter always likes to drop a a few bombs on Friday afternoon. Why do they do it Friday afternoon? I don't know, but they do it. And uh, we have some news on some reboots and some remakes. Let's start first with Disney's Robin Hood. H D, tell me about that.
2: Yes, so Disney is uh, producing a live-action a remake of one of the anime classics, but it's not exactly live action, and it's not going to theaters either. Uh, Disney has set the remake of Robin Hood, the 1973 anime film, which showed Robin Hood as a very hot fox, um, and it's going to be set t- for Disney Plus. It will be directed by blind spotting director Carlos Lopez Estrada, and uh, it will also feature. Anthropomorphic animals in a live action CG hybrid film. Uh, Carrie Grenlitt, who also wrote last year's Lady and the Tramp, also. Which also went to Disney Plus is going to be scripting this film, and uh, yeah, just prepare for some nightmare fuel because I'm not really sure. It doesn't. It's not clear yet uh, what elements will be live action, what will be the CGI, um, and whether these anthropomorphic animals will be the kind of uncanny CG um, horrors that we saw in, for example, Cats. <laughs> so this is um yeah, it's an interesting project in the works, but it is much more interesting because of Carlos Lopez Estrada. Blindspotting is just phenomenal. One of our favorite movies of the decade. I think it made our list. And um, it's such a strange pairing for uh, Estrada, whose Blindspotting is very electric and dynamic and gritty. And Robin Hood, which is, you know, not that. um, It's not a contemporary, you know, uh, film that like Blindspotting was. And um, the 1973 version was all anthropomorphic animals, and it was very charming, kind of a more comedic musical spin on the classic tale. So uh, it's just a very uh, odd collection of elements altogether.
1: W- were you a fan of Disney's Robin Hood?
2: I was. It wasn't one of my favorite Disney animated films, but I did like it, and I did, you know, develop a crush on the foxy Robin <laughs> Hood <laughs> Um, the the character who, you know, launched a whole generation of furries everywhere.
1: <laughs> I feel like Robin Hood is not, like, considered one of, like, the big Disney classics, but it definitely has, like, a, a huge fan base, like a cult fan. Like, it seems like a lot of people grew up watching that, and uh, I'm wondering how it would translate with this director. It's, I'm interested. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess they could be doing some modern more modern like uh songs in here I don't I don't know like what what does a movie a Robin Hood movie with blind spot uh, the director of blind spotting look like what what do you imagine it to be HD
2: I have no idea um maybe they'll add some raps because there was a really uh Big element of raps in blind spotting. Maybe it'll have to do with more modern contemporary themes, uh, like when they tried to make the uh, Taryn Egerton Robin Hood about antifa, I think
1: Oh don't no don't <laughs> remind me. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Salem's lot. They're rebooting that. Chris tell us about it.
3: Yeah, so while there has been actually two different Salem's lot adaptations, they've both been uh miniseries tv miniseries so now we're getting a a new reboot in the form of a feature film and uh gary doberman who directed uh annabelle comes home and he co-wrote the two it movies is going to direct and uh james wan is producing which we we actually knew about we knew about their involvement before because it was announced that james Wan was producing and doberman was writing the script and now it's been revealed he's also directing the movie too
1: so what do you think of doberman as a director
3: um, you know, he's not like my favorite horror director, but I really liked uh, Annabelle Comes Home. I actually liked it the most out of all the Annabelle movies, which isn't really saying much because the first one is just awful. But I, you know, he's not a, a terrible choice here. I mean, there could definitely be <laughs> more inspired choices, but uh, I, I, I'm open to this idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, there is a Hellraiser reboot in development. Uh, what do we know?
3: Yes. Yeah, so this one, um, David Goyer came up with a story, but he's not actually handling the final screenplay. He's just getting a story credit. Uh, but the, the big news here is that David Bruckner, who directed um, The Ritual, and he directed a movie I saw at Sundance called The Night House, has been hired to direct this the uh, Hellraiser reboot. And uh, this is a pretty good choice. Um, uh, the Ritual is, is a really good sort of indie horror movie. It, it went right to Netflix. You can watch it there now. And The Night House was a lot of fun to, to see, especially with like a, a crowd at Sundance because it has some really big scares in it that that made the audience I saw it with like lose their mind several times. So this is a pretty good um, choice. I mean, not neither of his films, none of his films sort of hint at that Hellraiser gore, but that's okay. Um, Hellraiser is one of those properties where I appreciate it, but I never loved it as much as other horror fans. So I'm I'm actually kind of intrigued about a remake of this because I feel like this is one of those horror classics that there actually is room for improvement. I feel like Hellraiser has, like, iconic parts to it. But as a whole,
1: I couldn't tell you what happens in any of the Hellraiser films. Like, like who is it? Like, Pinhead? Is that his name? Yes. Like, yeah, he's he's iconic. And then that box is iconic. But I can't even yeah. tell you what that box does.
3: It uh it, it opens um uh another <laughs> and opens another dimension and uh, these 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 uh the Cenobites come out of it and they're 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 demons and they they rip your flesh with chains. It's not it's not great. Look, I know people love it. It's not that great. Yeah.
1: Okay. Our final story for today is about Disneyland's Avengers Campus. That was set to open this summer. <laughs> Ben, tell me the good news. I'm going to get Avengers Campus this summer, right?
0: No, Peter, unfortunately not. (laughs) Uh, Avengers Campus was supposed to open at Disney California Adventure uh, on July 20th, 2020, but uh, on Disneyland's official website, the language there has been updated to instead just say that it's coming soon instead of having that official release date there. So we don't know what the new release date is going to be. Um, it's not really a surprise because the Disney parks have all been you know closed indefinitely as the pandemic continues to spread. And uh, you know, Disney at one point was like, oh, we're going to reopen our doors on April 1st. And that, that never really seemed plausible. But uh, they've since taken the steps of like closing everything indefinitely and not even going through the charade of like putting out a release date, you know, a, a couple or an opening date yeah. a couple weeks in advance so that that they just have to then cancel or, or push back, you know, further. So I think saying closed indefinitely is the, the smart way to go about doing this um but uh yeah and as ht mentioned earlier like the company's already issued furlough notices to its employees i think we've been hearing that construction has ground to a halt because they're not able to pay the contractors and stuff like that so um it's the safe and, and really like the most responsible move that disney could make at this time but it definitely sucks for people like you peter who are like super psyched to get out there and you know walk into the mcu kind of uh, as it exists in theme park form
1: Ben, if I don't have movie theaters to go to, if I don't have Disneyland and Avengers Campus to go to, what am I going to do this summer?
0: Uh, (laughs) Watch a lot of good things, hopefully, instead of uh, terrible reality shows. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Cook more uh, theme park food. I love that video that you made.
0: Oh, did you watch that?
2: Yeah, I did. I I watched the entire thing. I want to see more of that.
1: (laughs) It it was almost a disaster because we didn't know that you – we're supposed to ground the peppercorns, so we just put peppercorns in a sauce, and it was, like, horrible. So we had to, like, go and redo it. But, yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, uh, and I'll talk about that uh, later this week on The, the Water Cooler. Uh, but thanks for watching, HT. I appreciate it. No
2: problem. Uh,
1: you still got to do your YouTube video. You got to, like, do the HT's Kitchen, where we get to see you make all these dishes that I, I see Instagrams about. I mean, I guess you do some of it on Instagram story already, but...
2: I don't have the fancy equipment you have, Peter, and most of it is really just me like panicking and swearing, so I don't know if it'll be a good video. (laughs) That
0: that would be a fun video. Just do it on your iPhone. That's all you need. You should build a kitchen on your roof, H.T., and combine your two passions right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That does it for today's Slash Home Daily. You can find more of all of our work at Slash Home.com. You can find this podcast published three times a week on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at com. And rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we will see you on Wednesday.